Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. We live in a complex world, right? Who thinks the world's getting more simple all the time? <laughs> a world of competing ideas, a world where there is seemingly endless pressure to choose which side you are going to be on and whatever the trendy subject is in the moment. It can get quite exhausting. Well, our psalm today brings up one of these pop culture trends that seems to like the limelight of the media. And that is atheism, atheism, the belief that God doesn't exist. The first verse of our psalm was this, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. It's an often quoted text from scripture, especially in the subcultural wars between the, the radical atheist and the apologetical Christian and fighting it out. The psalm certainly seems to speak to our times. Atheism is on the rise in the Western culture, and not just as a private belief, but in, as an aggressive ideology wanting to make new converts. Our society seems to push the myth that you must choose between science and religion, as though they're at odds, ignoring the truth that the majority of scientists are not atheists. Popular books by popular speakers like Richard Dawkins actively speak with negativity about all religions. But Psalm 14 certainly seems to say more than just a rebuttal against atheism. The fool here in Psalm 14 is not referring to foolish in the sense of silliness, such as acting foolishly. The Hebrew word does, does not mean things like dumb, inept, uh, silly, clown, or buffoon. Rather, the Hebrew word designates a person who decides and acts on the basis of the wrong assumption. The word has more to do with ignoring certain realities than being inept. So the psalmist is stating that an atheist is making a wrong assumption and acting upon that. But the psalm keeps going, saying, all are corrupt and commit abominable acts. There is none who does any good. So is this suggesting that all atheists are corrupt and do abominable acts? Is that what it's saying? Let's read more. God looks down from heaven, a vantage point where he can see all things and all people, to see if there is any who are wise, if there is anyone who seeks after God. It's very similar to our reading from Jeremiah, where God looked on the earth and the mountains and the hills and so forth. And in the third verse of Psalm 14, it gives us the results of what he finds when he looks down from heaven. And here it is. Everyone has proved faithless. All alike have turned bad. There is none who does good. No, not one. Well, it sure seems that God is talking about more than just the atheists. He's talking about all of us. Every single one has proven faithless. All have turned bad. And this is certainly the way St. Paul reads the psalm. He quoted from it in the third chapter of Romans. He says, both Jews and Greeks are under the power of sin, as it is written, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. 
There is no one who has understanding. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is no one who shows kindness. There is not even one. And about 10 verses later, St. Paul wraps up this part of the interpretation stating, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So here we are, there is no one perfect, and we all have sinned. And we could stop the sermon right there, but that'd be kind of a crummy way to have a sermon at church, so we won't do that. But throwing cold water on the argument that humans are really good beings but learn how to be bad. We are really selfish at heart. We really are. Nobody needs to teach a newborn to consider their own feelings and desires. It happens. <laughs> it's just the way it is. To err is human, to quote the English Catholic poet Alexander Pope. However, there are still four more verses in our psalm, and in the next few verses, something changes. Something else is expressed. We read, Have they no knowledge, all the evildoers, who eat up my people, as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? Did you hear it? my people. Although we have all sinned, God still has called a people for his name, a group of people. And what distinguishes them from the rest is found in the next verse, where the psalmist says, see how they tremble with fear because God is in the company of the righteous. The righteous. God's people are the righteous. Well, how does that work? If everyone has proved faithless and all alike have turned bad, how can there be a righteous people? Well, there's a hint of things to come in the last verse of, of the psalm, and it reads this way. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come out of Zion when the Lord restores the fortunes of his people. Jacob will rejoice and Israel be glad. Now, it's talking about a future event. It's pointing towards something. It's a prayer that yearns for salvation that would change the distress of the current situation. Our psalm does not say how it's going to happen, but it says something's going to happen. But the prophetic notion points toward the coming of the Messiah and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Once again, this informs St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In that same third chapter of Romans that St. That Paul quoted from this psalm, he writes these words, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. What the psalm is pointing toward and what St. Paul interpreted is the prophetic hope that was given was in the person of Jesus Christ and the people that God called my people, calling them righteous are the people of faith. 
as St. Paul interpreted, saying, all have sinned, but those who believe in Jesus Christ are justified by grace. The psalm is concerned primarily about the people of God, less about the modern trends of atheism and secularism and all of that. To quote Old Testament scholar James May, he wrote, the psalm is not concerned with the question of whether people accept the existence of a supreme being. It is concerned with whether people acknowledge the reality of the Lord, the God of Israel, by calling on the Lord in need and seeking the Lord in the decisions of life. And this is where the one verse I skipped comes in. That's verse 6. And it says, Their aim is to confound the plans of the afflicted, but the Lord is their refuge. You see, as the people of God, we can take great assurance that God is our help. God is our refuge. God is our strong tower to keep us safe in the time of need. God cares very deeply about our lives and our thoughts, every detail about us and what happens in our lives. God is our refuge in a time of trouble. A refuge is a way of being safe or sheltered from pursuit and danger and trouble. And God is our refuge. And no matter what we are going through, no matter what we are facing in life, this psalm is about protection. This psalm is about a shelter from the storm. We might not be perfect. In fact, I know we're not perfect. (laughs) But by faith, through grace, we are the people of God, made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. This psalm is about hope, a hope that the unrighteous will be made righteous. It's about God's calling for all people to be delivered. As we read in reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1, where St. Paul wrote these words, The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So what does this look like? Well, Jesus gives us two pictures in our gospel reading today. The first is about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep, and he loses one. And he searches night and day to find that one. And the second is a, a picture is where Jesus gives is a woman who has ten silver coins. And she loses one. And she goes and searches throughout the house night and day to find that one lost coin. And when they find that which was lost, there's great joy. And so it is with Jesus when one sinner repents there is great joy. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 14 is a song of hope, of rescue and deliverance. At first glance, it sounds kind of like a harsh psalm. What is going on? But it's there for the purposes of hope, rescue, and deliverance. A psalm that foresees the coming of Jesus with peace in one hand and grace in the other. May we as children of God proclaim this good news to the world. There is peace in Jesus Christ. There is a refuge 
of protection in the Lord. There is mercy and forgiveness in his name. And when we humble ourselves and in faith turn to his wooing, to his calling toward us, like the lost sheep who was found by the shepherd, there is great rejoicing in heaven among the angels and among the saints and among all of God's creation. May the people of this world come to know our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us share the good news to the world around us. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.